Hey guys, welcome to another episode of All Queued Up. Uh, I am your host, Greg Dietz. Uh, with me always is my co-host, Josh Fisher. Hey everybody. Uh, if you're new to the show, what it's about is we watch a show in its entirety on an internet streaming platform, a la Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, Red, Amazon Prime, what have you. And we uh, discuss the show with spoilers and everything. So there's your warning. If you have not watched either of the two shows that we are about to discuss... Go watch them and then come back and listen. The shows today are Everything Sucks on Netflix and The Tick, which is on Amazon Prime. Also, Josh has a very fun announcement he'd like to throw out there. Oh, well, in the past week, I've decided to get heavily into marketing. Uh, you know, just uh, throw get our name out there for everyone. And one of the things I have done is I have constructed a website. Uh, www.allcuedupodcast.com Your one-stop shop for all the information about the show and what we do. And with that being awesome. said, which show are you wanting to talk about first today, Greg? <laughs> uh, we are going to start with Everything Sucks. Um, as, uh, what was I going to say? There, I don't know. It's new on Netflix. It just came out. It's uh, It hasn't been out for very long. So, um, And it's a relatively short series. Uh, I'm going to hit the timer now. Um, so, Josh, go ahead and, and kind of give a synopsis for what the show is. All right. Well, uh, Everything Sucks. It's a coming-of-age comedy drama that dropped on February 16th on Netflix. Uh, the I, knew it was, I knew it was recent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The plot revolves around two groups of students at Boring High School, uh, which is so named because it takes place in the town of Boring, Oregon, and it's set in 1996. Uh, three freshmen, uh, Luke and his friends McQuaid and Tyler, they are very nerdy social outcasts, and they are part of the AV club. And uh, basically the main plot revolves around Luke developing a crush on this other girl in the AV club. Her name is Kate Messner. Turns out she's the principal's daughter and a sophomore at the high school. Uh, he really likes her, but she has a crush on a drama student, which is the other group of students this focuses on, is the drama club. Uh, she's got a crush on this girl named Emmeline. And starts questioning her sexuality. Uh, so, uh, basically, Kate starts dating, so to speak, uh, like a fake pseudo-relationship, just so rumors about her being gay are not spread around the school. And everything comes to a head when uh, there's an accidentally when uh, Luke, Luke's going in to give her a kiss... Uh, they're in the theater where the drama sets are. She pulls the fire alarm to get out of it because she was nervous and it destroys the sets. And that's where the conflict between the two groups arises. The drama club wants their revenge. Those are the main plots. Yeah, there's there's a lot of subtext to everything. Um, now, normally, normally... I'm not into the type of show that would be what Degrassi is, which this show kind of reminds me very strongly of Degrassi. Never uh, watched Degrassi. Drama. Yeah, I never watched Degrassi, <laughs> but it gave me that kind of vibe very much. I'll, I'll give it this. It's, Degrassi is, is a high school drama. That's what it is. Um, but with, with Everything Sucks... It tried to be a little bit more freaks and geeks on top of it. I definitely get uh, that. Um, I hate comparing it because I'm because but but that's the I do comparisons only because I feel like that's a good barometer for where a show is. Uh, I, I here's the thing: I didn't enjoy the show in the beginning. <laughs> Straight up, like I, I flat out did not enjoy this show in the beginning, and in fact, it wasn't until episode. Five, at the end of episode five, I said, okay, there was the first enjoyable episode. And You know, you know what the, got me into the show? What was that? 
It it wasn't the students. No. The students didn't get me into the show. What got me into the show was the principal and Luke's mom. Yep. Their relationship. Yep. That's where I started to connect with things. Exactly. That and the soundtrack for this show was wonderful. So at the end of I, the fourth I, episode, Misty, she was watching with me and she's like, you know, the music's a lot better than anything in this show so far. And I was like, yeah, I got to agree. I agree, but also disagree. And here's why. I, I really hate when period pieces nudge you in the shoulder the whole time going, do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get the era? Do you get it? Like mm-hmm. season, like season one of Stranger Things in the beginnings did that <laughs> for a little bit. Um, I think like episode one, it kind of felt that way and then it stopped doing it very quickly. Yeah. And everything stuck, everything sucks eventually stopped doing it so much. But in that first like two or three episodes, I was like, oh my God, we get it. You don't have to play a song from 1996 at the end of every scene. We yeah. get the era. There, and there was a lot of, uh, 90s product placement. Uh, specifically with Gatorade and Doritos uh, and their quote-unquote vintage uh, packaging back then. And I'm sitting here and all I could think was like, okay, that's a little bit of horseshit. Gatorade had glass bottles back in 96, but you know what? I'm not going to be that guy. And I just was. (laughs) I just was. Damn it. It, It's it's a problem. Like, this is my issue with shows. Like, it's currently 2018. 96 was 22 years ago. When I think about that, I go, that hurts my soul a little bit. Uh, Simply because I'm going to be 35 this year. And 22 years ago is actually like, you know, a good distance ago. So. You basically, you were a freshman in high school when these guys were a freshman in high school. Right. Right, that's kind of where I'm going with this. That's what I'm, well, technically I was in eighth grade, but whatever. It's like, what's a year's difference in in the 90s? Oh, you had Um, one of those schools too? Our town was so small, we didn't have a middle school. We had kindergarten through seventh, and then high school was eighth through twelfth. That's how it was. No, no, we, no, 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 no. We we had seventh and eighth in a a middle school. Oh, okay. Ninth through twelfth. I was just pointing out that in 96, I was in eighth grade. I got you. Um... But being in, being a freshman in ninety seven versus ninety six, like what's really the difference there? Um, that being said, like I don't know where I'm trying to go with this idea, because if you make a period piece, if you make a show that that takes place in an era, um, don't concentrate so hard that it's in that era. That's where this show kind of like dips for me really hard. Is they try way, 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 way too hard to yeah. make sure that it looks like the '90s. Like there's a show, um, The Goldbergs, which is on network TV or whatever. Yeah, the sit oh. the sitcom aspect of that show is really solid. The everything else of like, hey, did you remember it takes place in the '80s? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Stop it. My ribs hurt. Stop it. You're nudging them too hard. <laughs> so that's that's. Yeah, there are like, ways to do period pieces without having to mention, oh, the date, like they do multiple times, or the they did excessively use a lot of product placement and things like that. I mean, you could just say in the very beginning, 1996, and just re- make, you know, small references here and there, but it doesn't have to be hammered down. It was really uh, heavy-handed in this aspect. Uh, there was the beginning of episode two when Luke is talking to his mom and he's using like all that in a bag of potato chips, da bomb, like, and they're just like, mm-hmm. it's over accentuated. Like it was when we said it, by the way, we never said all that in a bag of potato chips. Um, no, actually uh, me and my buddies, you know, to be different, we would say all that in a cylinder of Pringles. Uh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But we, we just didn't say it in general cause it wasn't cool. Like, this show pretends that certain uh, uh, phrases and slangs were cool. Which they is really why weren't. we did it, because we hated that shit. So we just put a twist on it and just made it even more annoying. Fair <laughs> enough. I mean, it, it did exist in the 90s, but it wasn't to the extent that this show tries to make it seem, which was yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I was saying, it was heavy-handed with that shit. 
But once it got yeah, it through was, it was that sure. after the first four episodes and it finally started focusing a little bit on character adjustment or uh, character adjustment, character development, character sorry. Development. Yeah. It worked better for me. The back end of the show worked a lot better for me than the front end. Well, what I think made me connect with Luke and his friends so strongly was they were in the AV club. Yeah. I wasn't in necessarily the AV club because um, I don't think that's what it was called when I was in high school. But, uh, or at my high school, I should say, but I was involved in video production stuff. Oh, um, okay. Also stage stuff. Like, I was in theater, too, for two years. Um, so there was a lot of, like, that connective tissue for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it came to, uh, like, Luke's development and his knowledge on how to do stuff and the making a movie and all that kind of stuff, like, I was involved in that kind of stuff in high school. And I gotta give credit where credit's due. It was accurate as hell. <laughs> like, like the, the whole, like, their movie at the end being extremely cheesy. Which yeah, I we made... loved, by the way. I loved how cheesy they made that look. That was great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I adored that. Like, I mean, that's the reason I love cheesy movies to this day. is because of, like, that kind of stuff that I made then. So... Like, I connected with that a lot. But that, that connective tissue didn't start until, like, episode four. You know, like, it didn't yep. really get there. Because the show didn't know exactly... Well, to my from my perspective, it didn't know what it wanted to be exactly. It didn't know if it wanted to be a period piece or a, you know, a character development, like, coming of age. Or just a, like, middle-aged crisis sort of show. Like, it didn't know. Yeah, It was early... trying to be all of those... All of those at once. I was going to say early on, it reminded me of what a Nickelodeon drama, a Nickelodeon daily after school drama was. It yeah, had that I think same somebody... feel and almost the same budget because this was pretty low budget. I mean, yeah, the, I, the, I, I the production explaining... value for a show on Netflix is it's like, wow, really? Huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I was explaining the plot to my dad, and he says it sounds like something they'd have on the Disney Channel in the 90s. I was like, yeah, yeah, you ain't wrong. No, he's not wrong at all. Um, yeah, that's why I think that's why I, the show didn't start to get good for me until Luke's mom and the principal were, were forming their relationship. Man, I really like, enjoyed his character a lot. Absolutely. And I, that's what's so weird for me, I think, Josh. Like, I connected with Luke because I was that kid in high school. I connected with the principal because as an adult, I, f- I understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I connected with all the characters who were quote unquote out, you know, outcast or different. But none of those elements mesh well until no. way late in the season. Yeah. Yeah. It just. So. It really struggled to find its way, and it didn't it did. find it its there, way but... until late. And even then, you know, it's probably seven, eight episodes in before it really came together. And at that point, it's like, okay, I've invested almost four hours of time with this. Do I really want to finish? Right. It's like... It, 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 it became more of, I may as well, what's another hour of my life now that I've come this far? I think That's also, not I have the, to do the podcast. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's not the benchmark of what you want in a show. Um, I agree. I completely agree. It's not the worst thing I've ever watched. But, you know, it could have been a lot better. Uh, yeah, and I think if it gets to season two, it will be better. I will say this much right now. The way that the show plays out, I think the title of the show is a complete misnomer. Like, it is, to an extent, a bad title for the show. I really do agree with that. Uh, um, I mean, as, it, uh, like, it, it ends on a cliffhanger, like so... A, you know. Yeah, that too. It's also like a not... like. I felt like in the beginning it was trying to be a not funny Big Mouth. <laughs> yeah. And then, but it, it found its it found its way. Um, there was actually a scene, uh, late in the season. I want to say like episode eleven of twelve, 
That's no, there were episodes, ten episodes. There were only ten episodes, yeah. Ten, okay, okay. So then it was eight. Episode eight, or nine, again, I don't remember exactly. Luke comes home after the field trip and finds the principal and his mom in the bedroom having oh. fun. Not necessarily having sex, but, you know. But and it's clearly Luke, implied that they did. But yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but Luke has his freak-out moment. Yeah. Which was totally understandable. I understood com- entirely where he's coming from. Yeah. You know, he, he, he had a terrible trip because he interacted with his father for the first time in a long time. His father didn't recognize him, or at least it seems that way. Um, and uh, he's pissed. Certain things didn't work out. He comes home to this. Like, I totally get where he's coming from. But there's a moment where the mom was like, <laughs> You know, we like each other, and you're being a little asshole. And I was like, yeah, Luke, you're being a little asshole. (laughs) Yeah. I was totally against... The show wanted me to connect with Luke in that scene, because he was the central part to that scene. We watch him walk through the house. We we watch his freak out. We know where he's coming from. We weren't with his parents, or we weren't with his mom and, and the principal... We were with him. We were supposed to connect with him. But I just kept connecting to the parents going like, Luke, you're being a little shit. They're love, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Uh, yeah, and you know from from both a parent and an adult, uh, from the my perspective in that, you know, he was totally a shit. But the young me was that shit. I mean, I would have been, the, I was kind of, you know, like, who do you think you are? You know, I mean, I have a stepdad. He and I did not always see how to or get along when I was younger, and you know there were times that things got heated. Um, but also at the same time, you know, her perspective as a mother when he says to Luke during the moment, he's like, "Hey, you don't talk to adults that way," and she's like, "You don't tell me how to parent my child. You need to leave." You know, it's like, boom, flips the moment there. So I see all, that was that was really probably one of the most well-done scenes in the entire show because oh, I of agree. I, that uh, whole dynamic. Yeah, like it was, uh, like I kept sitting there saying, like, Luke, you need to chill out and understand what's happening. The principal, you need to just shut up and leave because this is going to be between them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mom, you need to explain to Luke differently than how you're doing it now you're just sitting there telling him he's an asshole you're just being aggressive towards him and it's not going to connect yeah like i kept thinking all of that because that's just how my mind works Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah that's and that's to me like the reason i bring up this scene is because that's when the show i feel like found its found its place yeah and the sad thing is that was episode nine of ten and it's like, yeah. like I was saying, right before that episode starts, it's like, do I really want to go through with finishing these last two episodes? And that's not what you want in a show. Right, right. I completely agree. Completely agree. I think, I think there are some really solid, good elements earlier in the show, um, especially with uh, the principal's daughter. Can't remember her name for the life of me for some reason Kate. right now. Kate. Yes. Kate. Thank you. When she's discovering her sexuality and. Uh, trying to figure things out and um like all of that kind of stuff i think is extremely important the 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 scene with the uh with the concert um yeah i think they go to see tori amos yeah and couldn't remember the artist yeah they go to see tori amos uh in portland um she had her learner's permit so what do they do her and luke pretty much take an old beater car that his dad had left behind without permission, sneak out on a Friday night, you know, defying, you know, things that teenagers do. They're right. doing things, you know, not thinking about consequences, what have you, whatever. I and it's healthy to be a teenager, but to do that, but. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but. You know, the whole time Luke's done this because he's trying to get her to love him. And she had already made it clear, hey, I don't know what I am, but this isn't it. And he wasn't 
you know, he wasn't reining it in. He was kind of like pushing even harder and, you know, surprising her with the tickets and everything. She sees it as a friend move and she's appreciative. He's just wanting to do it to get closer to her, you know, but he doesn't realize this either. Um, And all she can focus on, he's focusing on the music and everything. He's like, oh, I learned this music, you know, for you. Uh, She's focusing on, she sees a, you know, uh, a female couple in the crowd being intimate and kissing each other and everything. And you clearly see she's like, this is what I want. This is what I want to be. This is who I am. This is how I want to feel. I want to be able to live my life publicly like this. It seems to, you know, kind of come across her face. And yeah, I don't need I don't need a beard anymore. Like, stop. And, um, and, uh, you know, but it, stuff like that. My 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 point about scenes like that is that scene. Uh, a couple scenes later, with her and uh, um, the the senior that was mean to her. What the hell was her Emma, name? Emmeline. Emmeline. Thank you. Um, thank you. Um, those scenes and whatnot, like. They're very important. I, I thought those were the most well-crafted scenes in the show as well, like some of the more cra- well-crafted scenes, because I'm going to be full-on honest. I think Luke's friends were some of the worst actors in the show. By oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. So, like, any scene that involved them, it was very... I was like, okay, all right, we just got to... Mo- and, oh, my God, the boyfriend of Emmeline in the beginning? Yeah. Oh, Lord, he was bad, like... Yeah, so any scene involving both him and his little protege, those were the worst. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right, um, we're going to go ahead and give our grades on this show. I'm going to go first, um, uh, just so I can go last on the tick. Uh, <laughs> see how I worked that around, Josh? Um, with the show having taken its time to get to the place where I think it was a, um, a, a decent show, and seeing how it, it in itself evolved and became more what it needed to be, much like the characters in the show, which was an interesting... Like, if that was intentional, that was very well done, but I don't think it was. Um, uh, I feel like the show is not bad, but it does take some patience. Um, and I think that if if this show does get picked up for another season, they will know exactly what they need to do and how to do it, and it'll be a much better show second time, second season than it was this time. Uh, with uh, some interesting storylines, amazing music, uh, and whatnot, I'm going to give this show a solid B-. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Like I liked it. I liked it enough to to want a second season. So, oh, okay. Well, you liked it better than I did. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, uh, I mean, it it struggled. It did have, you know, it it had a couple of compelling, interesting characters. But as you said, and as we mentioned earlier, it took way too long for them to get there. Uh, honestly, uh. I don't hate it, but the best thing about it, you know, I really enjoyed the principal. I enjoyed his character. I enjoyed Luke's mom's character. I enjoyed, uh, you know, Kate, his daughter. Um, Some of the other ancillary characters here and there were hit and miss. I did like Stargrove, the AV guy. He was That's actually the creator of the show, by the way. Really? He is? Yeah. Yep. Well, I hope he. Uh, I hope he. he M Night Shyamalan himself into the show. Well, that works. I hope he. Uh, <laughs> if he does get a second season, I hope he can improve upon what was in the first. I'd have to give this a C plus. Uh, it's not. You know, it's 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 average, so you, so, but. <laughs> so you liked it slightly less than I did. A little bit less, yeah. But I mean. <laughs> The production values for what it was, yeah, you know, that's that that's going to knock it a little bit. The soundtrack helped. Those cancel each other out. But, I mean, it just took too long to find its way. And it was too heavy-handed with the nostalgia early on. It's just, okay, we get it. If you get a second season, Stargroove, 
because that's who you are from now on forever. You'll be Stargrove to me. Uh, if you get a second <laughs> season, dude, I hope it's better. Because it wasn't terrible, but it could have been a lot. So I give it a C plus. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. I just felt like I probably enjoyed it. I enjoyed elements of it a lot, I think, a lot more than you did. But also I had connective tissue with certain things. Like, yeah, and I had less connective tissue in that regard. We didn't even have an AV club in my high school. Uh, <laughs> of course, I wouldn't have been a part of it. You know, I played sports. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I definitely wouldn't have been in an AV club um, just because um, of how No, I was like uh, that that morning show thing that they had, uh, the boring high school news or whatever. Yeah. I was a, I was a part of that in eighth grade. Man, <laughs> so, we, didn't, we didn't, we didn't have that shit. Eh. Like then they showed that. I was like, huh, that seems familiar. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, if you watch this show and you want to add in your two cents, uh, let us know if you liked it more than we did, liked it less than we did. Uh, couldn't get through it because the beginning episodes were just too slow or or whatever. Josh, where where they can where can they let us know that? Well, they can let us know on the uh, Facebook discussion group that we've got going on, and that is you just search for all queued up discussions on Facebook and ask to join. We'll let you in, and you know we've got a wide variety of a uh, wide variety of topics and shows. That we've discussed. Yeah, I think when the show, I think when the show goes live, we'll definitely put a a, a pop up a thing in there that says like, um, uh, everything sucks discussion, and then the tick discussion. So, you know what? It's a good idea. Um, I just had that idea. I was like, ooh, we could do that. That works. Uh, keep spoilers. Keep spoilers where they belong. Um, all right, guys. So the next show, as I just kind of said it a second ago is Amazon's The Tick. Now, this is a different kind of situation where the previous shows that we've always discussed uh, came out in their entirety in one lump sum. This is a slightly different scenario where half of the first season came out last year and this half, the second half of season one came out recently. Oh, I, um, you know what? The Toys That Made Us only has first half of its first season out. We covered that show in episode 10, guys. You can go back and check that out. Listen to our interview that we did with Mr. Brian Volkweiss. Sorry, I had to do it. Thanks. Thanks for the plug. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, The reason I mention this, the only reason I say this before I hit our timer, is that uh, normally the rule of the show, one of the big things that I uh, wanted to have as an an implement thing, an implemented thing for the show itself, is that the show must have all episodes of a season in one lump, and that's what we're reviewing. This is not the case. This had two parts of season one at different times, so we're just going to review all of season one right now. That was my point. Like, it's slightly different, but whatever. You know, there's still enough content there to justify it. I mean, look at... if you it's technically, 12 episodes, so... Yeah, if you look at it, though, is like... Uh, Voltron, the way they went from their first season and their second season to suddenly three and four being just basically what would have been season three split up into two parts. But they're just making shorter runs. So, you know, so I don't think necessarily that it's a, necessarily that it's a hard, fast rule so much as it's more of a gut. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, at the end of the day... It's like, we're not going to review a show that had episodes coming out weekly. Like, an episode weekly, we're going to review a show that had every episode come out one lump sum on the internet. That's the rule. Yeah. 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 So, um, anyway, let's get into The Tick. Uh, if you don't know what The Tick is, I know that Josh probably has a synopsis up, but as a I longtime do. Tick fan, I'm going to throw, I'm just going to throw it out there, just because... I love the I love the tick. So the general idea of the tick is that um, Arthur, is it Arthur? Is that his name? Did they change it? It's Arthur. No, it's, yeah, it's Arthur Everest. Arthur Everest. Okay, <clears throat> thought so. Anyway, Arthur is a mild mannered guy who just lives his life day to day life. Whatever you know what I'm trying to say. Um, he uh, uh, a long time ago when he was a kid, he watched his father get killed by a villain named the Terror. He grew up to. 
uh, kind of be a conspiracy theorist about the Terra not actually being dead after a superhero named Superion a few years ago had, quote-unquote, 13 years ago to be exact, taken him out because all they found was his teeth. Um, his sister, Dot, and uh, a couple of friends here and there are constantly keeping an eye on him because they think that he might go insane one day. And it's not until he decides to uh, act on some conspiracy that he thinks might actually be happening on the docks. And as he's going there to spy, here in comes the Tick. A superhero, all in blue, talks like Adam West, Batman... And, uh, just, and he is nigh invulnerable, um, can leap very high, <laughs> like a tick, um, and he has antenna that move and seemingly have no real reason, um, so he, he, uh, basically goes to the dock, everyone's shooting at him, but none of the bullets are doing anything but bouncing off like he's Superman, and he, uh, and I love how he just walks, you know, it's just like this little, you know, this little side-to-side strut. Your bullets yeah. cannot harm me, criminals. Why do you shoot at me? Yeah, it's because he's an idiot. That's, that's the other thing about the tick. He's a moron. He is um, a blithering idiot, which makes him that, that much more lovable. Yes. Um, in the process of the tick doing this, he blows up the pier, but... Um, he gets a suit, a little, uh, moth-like suit that Arthur puts on. Now, I, like I said, I'm a big, big fan of The Tick. I've been, I watched the cartoon, read the comics, watched the live-action show with Patrick Warburton. So, I've, I've, my nostalgia for The Tick is pretty strong. Now, of course, when I review something that has nostalgic for, it's nostalgia for me, I really, really try to push that stuff to the side to enjoy and properly review the new thing. And I can say wholeheartedly that I adored this new version of The Tick. Um, but here's the funny part. And Josh doesn't have the connective... I keep saying connective tissue. Hey, let's title this episode Connective Tissue, apparently. I don't, I don't um, have the... I don't have the sinew and the tendon. <laughs> uh, I don't know where the, the tick, hell that came from. But. I don't know either. Uh, the tick never changes. In the cartoon, in the Patrick Warburton, in the in the in the Warburton version, in the comic, he is that over the top superhero. He is nigh invulnerable. He is blue, and he is a blithering idiot. That never ever changes. In all the versions. But. But. But the <laughs> biggest difference. The biggest difference. In the comic. Especially in the comic. In the cartoon. And in the live action Warburton version. The Tick is the central character. He is the he is the main focus. Arthur of course. Is his quote unquote sidekick. And Arthur is the. Character that the people watching. Can immediately relate to. Because Arthur is in a sense normal. Regardless, having the tendencies to be a superhero. Kind of. Reluctant superhero. Uh, but Tick is still the central character. In this show, he is not. No. Arthur is the central character in this show. The Tick is a ride-along character. As a matter of fact, I thought for a long time, I was like... It'd be really interesting if the tick was just a figment of Arthur's imagination and everything that had been happening we were seeing through Arthur's eyes until they started having scenes with the tick by himself. Which yeah. then I was like, okay, yeah. no it's not. <laughs> and you know, and that was about the third episode in before actually someone else sees him. And because they really let you think that. They let you feel okay, this version of the Tick is just a figment of his imagination. But no. No, other people were like, yeah, we saw this big blue guy. So it's like, okay, so he's obviously not a figment of the imagination. But it came across that way early on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so another um, aspect to the other versions of the Tick, and this is in all other versions, there are parody superheroes. So... In the comic book and cartoon, 
or if you want to talk about the TV show, there's a character named Deflator Mouse. Yep. Or Batman Well. Both versions are very similar to one another, and they are a parody of Batman. Direct parody of Batman. Because um, Deflator Mouse is German for bad. Uh, literally flying rat, as I believe what it means. Or flying mouse, one of the two. Anyway, uh, my family's German. Um, oh. And then Batman Well, played by... Uh, oh my god, what's that actor's name? He was in Reno 911. He's a very funny guy. Which one was he in well, Reno 911? Uh, he was the... Um, I don't want to say he was the Mexican cop. Oh, Garcia. Because two guys. Okay. Yes, he was Garcia. Yes, he was Garcia. Okay. I don't recall his name off the top of my head, but I do know who you're talking about. I know his last name's like Alcarez or something to that effect, but anyway, doesn't matter. Um, and then in the cartoon, there was a character named Lady Liberty, and I think in the, in the uh, live-action version, she was named... Lady Justice, or something to that effect. Hmm. Uh, but the, basically, it was the same character. She dressed kind of like in the in the cartoon. She dressed in the comics. She dressed like a like a maid that also had red, white, and blue aspects to her. And mm-hmm. her whole character arc was a parody of how, even though Wonder Woman is this beacon of uh, uh, women being badasses or women uh, being you know just as good as men in certain th- aspects. We still treat women less than, which is why she was dressed as a maid. Uh, uh, yeah, total parody aspect. But in the live action version, she was just like an over the top Wonder Woman. That's all she was. Okay. Um, none of that stuff that I just described to you is in this show. Not a single thing of it. There was um, a nod to the name Lady Justice in the final episode or episode. 11 or 12, when the tick, you actually finally see him leaping and bounding about the city, rooftop to rooftop, and there's that one statue of Lady Justice, uh, you know, the traditional holding the scales and got the blindfold on, he's like, oh, hello, Lady Justice, and then carries on. I thought that was a cool little nod, because I am familiar yeah, with I- the old character, but I like how I don't think any of these characters in this show... I have no background knowledge of the tick. Never read the comics. I just knew there was a cartoon in the 90s, and I knew there was a live-action show with Patrick Warburton, but I never watched them. So I don't know oh, by if the way, any... it's, um, it's a, it was American Maid was her name in the cartoon. American Maid, okay. And then, yeah, and then Lady... Uh, Lady... Captain Liberty. Captain. And Captain Liberty in the... Uh, oh, okay. So maybe it wasn't but... a nod. I don't know. Uh, well, that's that, that's my point. Is like just his buffoonery shining through, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the uh, like, but that's my point. Is in the cartoon and the live action version, there are superheroes that they meet up with on a regular basis that are parodies, and mm. with this version, like there are other superheroes. Like they're clearly Superion is a parody of Superman. Yes, very clearly. Um, but it's not it's not so strong or on the forefront of like, of how it used to be. Okay. That's what I, that's what I liked about this show so much is that it took a completely different step in the direction that the tick normally goes. I do have one question about the other characters. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley was wonderfully brilliant as the terror. hundred percent. Um, and the actress Yara Martinez, that played Ms. Lint, uh, yeah. and then Scott Spicer, uh, played Overkill. Were any of those pre-existing characters, or are they completely nope. new for this show? The only characters that are reoccurring are, um, uh... Of course, the Tick, Tick and Arthur. Arthur and Dot. The, and really? Dot. So all these, Superior and all these were completely new characters? Completely new, yeah. That is I mean, awesome. I the love... The idea... Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say the theming idea of having a superhero-laden world where uh, every other character who is a superhero is a clear parody. Mm-hmm. Um, that that that's the track record that the Tick has. But gotcha. it's it's the way that the story's told that's different. 
and, and I enjoy that. Uh, you know, uh, that's a lot also, of you things. Know, Go ahead. You know what? The VLM is actually a reoccurring thing. Oh, okay. I believe that was in the cartoon. I believe the VLM was in the cartoon. Okay, cool. VLM uh, means very large man. <laughs> very <laughs> large man. He used to be normal size, but now he's large. No, I, I really, I really do enjoy that. A lot of times, and uh, people get so upset. Like I'm going to you throw this out in this example. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Everybody's like, they've ruined Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, you know, which version of the turtles are you beholden to? And how does a different take on it ruin it for you? I love the fact that this is doing something new. Even though I have no knowledge other than who the Tick and Arthur were, you know, just by seeing things over the years being a uh, self-proclaimed nerd. Uh, I never got into the source material, but I knew who they were. I like the fact that they're not just rehashing and doing the same thing over. There are premises and themes utilized, but oh, entirely fresh takes are pleasing to me. Sometimes it works out great, sometimes it doesn't. I think this is an example where it worked out great. Yeah, I think uh, uh, personally from... From a nostalgic point, I think it it really it really works. I think from a completely original concept and new idea, it totally works. Sure. Um, I don't think by a long shot the Tick is going to be for everybody. I think that the Tick's mannerisms and the way that he handles himself as a superhero are going to be annoying to a lot of people. I think that's part of his appeal, though. Uh, he's, I agree. Uh, I mean, that's part of the appeal for me. He's just a bumbling idiot, but... God, man, he's just so damn lovable. And so yeah. upbeat and positive. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I really enjoyed this a whole lot, and I do hope that it gets a second season, because I will be all in on that. This was very enjoyable. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley, though, man. I love that guy. He, he still he stole any scene that he any was. scene he was in. He stole the hell out of it. He's like, I'm not giving it back. It's mine now. It was always mine. You know, just like the, <laughs> you know, big tingle cola or brown tingle cola. <laughs> God, that joke. That joke had me. Uh, I, I I had to take a second. I was like, that's brilliant. That's really smart. Yeah, it was. Like, cause it's it's not. Here's what makes it. I'm going to explain a joke, guys, so here we go. Um, here's what makes it so smart, in my opinion, is that it's not just like, it's not like Popsy or uh, Crack-A-Cola or something stupid like that. It's just like, it's a, it's a plain-ass name that exists in this world and is as popular as Pepsi or Coca-Cola. That's what makes it so smart. <laughs> it's making fun of, of the humans, like everybody, everybody's ability to just ignore bullshit, to ignore shit that's in their face. Yeah. Um, I, that's, I mean that, but that's also half the point is like the tea and the Brown tingle cola is his ship. Yeah. The tea for terror. Oh, by the way, the tiny tea that comes out as the escape pod had me cracking up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it looked like the Twitter T too, or oh, I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Oh man, uh, tinfoil Kevin, what a cool character that was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like I've seen tinfoil, Ke- tin hat, sorry, tin hat toil- tinfoil Kevin, tinfoil Kevin. You got other, it. Uh, things. I don't know why I was... Because I want to say Tinfoil Hat Kevin, but that's not his name. It's Tinfoil Kevin. And then my brain was like, Tin Hoyle! Ten, ten, hoy! And I was, was like, my brain just didn't want to work. Do you want to know where you saw Tinfoil Kevin from? <coughs> uh, the actor? Sure. I, I I was talking about the character. Oh, okay. I was going to say, dude, that was Buzz from the Home Alone movies. But, okay. Really? Yeah, that was that was Buzz McAllister, Kevin's older brother from the Home Alone movies that played Tinfoil Kevin. That's, am- that's amazing. And, you know, Alan Tudyk did the voice of Danger Boat, so that was great. I didn't know that was Alan Tudyk. That's awesome. I mean, that's perfect. That's at, You mean Steve, right? <gasps> well, I'm not calling Holy you Steve. Holy shit! 
I'm not calling you Steve. Oh my god. What? Do you know who else Alan Tudyk played? Pirate Steve from Dodgeball. Oh. This is true. I don't know why. I don't know why. I just that's why I just inhaled because I was like, oh my god, he just he oh, played two okay. Steves and he and he got that he I'm I feel like he wrote that joke in and got, he away, pro- got away with it. He probably did. He probably <laughs> did because that man is brilliant. Uh that's that's one thing about this show that I gotta throw out there. The acting is phenomenal. The acting is well done. The special effects they are not polished, and they are a little on the cheesy side, but I think that just adds to this show's charm. What's so funny to me, Josh, is that the first episode, the pilot, has way better special effects than the rest of the show. It but that's really also does. Because, well, do you, I don't know if I told you why, like, that. that's why that it is, is that um, the budget for just the pilot was huge compared to the rest of the show, and about... I want to say two years ago, maybe three years ago, Amazon had a contest and gave uh, 12 different production companies a bunch of money to make a pilot for their own show they wanted. They put like all 12 shows on Amazon, all 12 pilots. People would watch them and then and then like vote on the three that they thought were the best. Yeah. And clearly the tick won because it got, you know, here we are, but... The um, the one thing that did improve, though, after the first episode was the Tick's costume did look better. Uh, I disagree. Oh, you don't think it looked better? I think it looked better in the pilot. Oh, well. It, I feel like in the rest of the series, it just looks like a suit. Not like... Because that's the thing about the Tick that... I guess it doesn't matter because it is a new version, but... Um, in the other versions, it's it's just like he... He, cl- he clears a... Cl- he talks about it as if as if it's his skin. Yeah. Like he can't just take it off. And um but it totally looks like he could just take it off in this. So hmm. Whereas whereas the original suit looked like it was more part of his skin and yeah. not a suit. Yeah. Then again, I haven't watched the pilot in a while. <laughs> I'll have to go back and rewatch it. I just watched it a couple of days ago. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. I I I'm very very happy the tick is back. Uh, for me, the tick is definitely one of those things that I always enjoy when things that are popular and right now, let's be honest, superheroes are pretty goddamn popular. Get you know a taken bit. down a peg. <laughs> yeah. Just just a little popular. I mean. I mean, it's not. It's not like you know they're making millions and millions of dollars at the box office on a, you know, six month basis. It's fine. Ah. Black Panther. Um, uh, still need to <laughs> still need to go see that. It's amazing, Ryan. Oh, Jesus, we're not a movie podcast, but guys, go watch Black Panther. Holy crap, it's so good. And I'm excited for Infinity War, which comes out literally in two months. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I I don't know what else to say about this show. Like, I think that in in the other Tick versions, it's very slapsticky, it's very goofy and silly, and this is a bit less so. I mean, it, they still do have silly stuff, like the like yeah. the scientist. <laughs> oh, tiny scientist! Oh man, oh that was so funny. And then, you know, when he was trying to regrow himself to normalize himself and his head grew to normal size but his body got even smaller he's like little puppet man <laughs> that's what but, blew I mean, me away stuff. though about this show peter serafinowicz his portrayal as the tick i mean if you guys listening have ever watched movies such as Shaun of the dead the actor that played the tick was sean's asshole roommate uh, he was also the original on-screen voice for Darth Maul in uh, Phantom Menace. Um, That's true. I forgot about that. But my, I think my favorite role of his is in uh, Look Around You. I have not seen that. Oh, my God, Josh. <laughs> oh, my God. It is one of the funniest shows you could possibly watch. Awesome. 
Oh my god, he's, um, he's, so the idea of Look Around You, I don't know if you've heard of it, beyond me just now saying it, um, the idea is, you remember those old VHS, uh, learning tapes that your teacher would put on in the middle of school, and Mm -hmm. it was very boring to watch? Mm Mm-hmm. It's that, but non-science. Oh, okay. Well, it is it is the most irreverent humor you will ever see. If I can find a link to videos oh, on YouTube, I'm going to send well, you them because they are outstanding okay. to me. When it comes to irreverent humor, I am all about that because I have been told that I am one irreverent individual. Uh, as I actually, somebody put in my bio on this website that we have now, they said I was a master of inelegance. So thank, thank you for that. <laughs> What? I'm gonna say that's your southern accent. What? <laughs> your inelegance? No, no. Dialect. <laughs> di- the, my 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 dialect and accent has nothing to do with my lack of elegance. Let me tell you, that's part of the charm. But hmm. <laughs> let's just say I'm not getting I mean, invited to dinner parties, you know, with uh, the first family or anything like that. <laughs> also, if you were if you, if you were invited to that, would you go? Well, hell no. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're gonna uh, go ahead and give our rating, Josh. You go ahead and go for, uh, sorry, our grading. You go ahead and yeah. go first, Josh. Uh, I really enjoyed this show. The show is a lot of fun. It yes, it is campy. It is humorous. It's a little silly. It's a little goofy, but that's why this works so well. The acting is solid. The characters they used, uh, you know, I really enjoy this show. I want more of the tick. I want more of the tick. I give this show, uh, I've got to give it an A minus. Um, it's not perfect, but it is something. If you like superhero movies at all, you're going to enjoy the tick. If you like comedies at all, you're going to enjoy the tick. Um, if you don't enjoy those things, probably not for you, but watch it for Jackie Earl Haley alone. Oh my God. I mean, he's been Rorschach. He's been the terror and you know, oh my God, that man, I love that man. But yeah. Let's not forget he played Freddy Freddy Krueger at one point. And you know, the best part about that movie. As you know, he was good. He was good as Freddy Krueger. But Jackie Hurley does not get the credit he deserves normally. No, he doesn't. Opinion. He is a very underrated, incredible actor. Uh, but, you know, he's not the only one in the show, but he steals every scene he's in. And it was always mine, as he says. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Tick's a fun ride. I enjoy it. A minus. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. What What'd you think? Uh, I I absolutely adored it. I, like I said, I'm a big Tick fan, so maybe this is some of the nostalgia seeping in. But from the aspect of of how the story is told, in that uh, it took a different turn than the than the than the other stuff that I know, where the Tick is not the central character. He doesn't show up until like towards the end of the first episode. Um, he uh, the the whole premise in the world involving the Tick is so brilliant. At the same time. That it, it's just a really fun, fun time to just be in the world for 12 episodes. Um, and uh, I, I sincerely hope that they get renewed for a second season. Um, from what I've heard, they did. But I'll have to double check on that. Um, or at least they haven't been canceled, so that's good. Uh, but... Uh, it also takes a different turn than the other stories. The other Tick stuff is more cartoony and campy and more f- kid-friendly. This is not as much. Oh, this uh, is not kid-friendly at all. Right. It, 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 there's a lot of stuff that's like, no. Um, but I think it's also kind of targeting an audience that knew the Tick as a kid. Yeah. And going with that. So uh, I, I honestly like I loved it. I loved it to death, and and I've been trying to get other friends to watch it because it's it's to me it's it's just the right amount of humor and the right amount of drama and the right amount of silly, um, and I give it an A, awesome. solid A. Good deal, good deal. Um, 
Guys, that's going to do it for All Queued Up this week. Uh, next week, we are going to talk about... Let me pull it up. Jessica uh, Jones. Jessica Jones Season 2. And uh, and if you remember earlier in the show, one of our first episodes, we talked about Voltron Legendary Defender Season, five, uh, season 4. Well, now we're going to talk about Season 5. Because that show's good. Yeah, um, it is. But... As Josh and I had pointed out, there are six episodes to season five of, of, of Voltron. Mm-hmm. So there might be a movie or something that we add into the next episode. I don't know. We will see. Uh, we'll, when we get there, we get there. Josh, why don't you tell them where they can follow us on social media oh. in case we post that we're going to be watching a new show? Well, that would actually be posted on our new website. That is www.allcuteup.com. There are there would be an episode listings page there, and that's where we make the announcement of what the next episode's going to be about. So if you guys want to watch the episodes beforehand, so you can listen to the podcast as soon as it loads uh, onto Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or our YouTube channel, you'd be well prepared and caught up to do so so you wouldn't have any spoilers at all if that's the thing that concerns you uh also you know any type of news announcement we make we do have the twitter account which is at queued up podcast and we have an instagram account all queued up podcast on instagram but uh along with the facebook discussion group which is all queued up discussions those are all the places they can find us but everything is centralized at the website, www.allcuteuppodcast.com. I can't, I cannot describe how delighted and, and appreciative I am that Josh has put so much effort into making this website look as beautiful as it does. I um, did not do that alone. Uh, I was, I was getting to that. <laughs> yes, yes. First of all, first of all, if you've seen any of our promotions... Um, our images, our new banner art that flanks the podcast name. We have cartoon versions of both Greg and myself. Those were done by my great friend, Genocide Squirrel is his handle on Twitch. Um, he goes by, um, on, on, do you hear that? I got tongue tied. I usually don't get tongue tied. It sounded like your brain's gears got got like an acorn stuck in them. Yeah, it was. I don't know it, why that's why where my brain went because with the acorn. Maybe because squirrel, of squirrels running on a because of squirrel exactly. But at a z squirrel on Twitter and McKay, his wife uh, at underscore McKay or I'm sorry at McKay underscore seven seven on Twitter. Genocide did our artwork. McKay. Help me do some coding on the website. Oh, it's at Squirrel AZ. I'm sorry. I said at AZ Squirrel. It's at Squirrel AZ on Twitter. Um, It'll be on the YouTube channel's main page, like the picture screen, so you can type it in. Yeah, yeah. When you watch the YouTube video, if you watch it, those names will be plugged in. But McKay builds... uh, Genocide's an artist. McKay does websites. Uh, She says, hey, I like the look of your site. Can I offer you some suggestions to tweak it and polish it? And last night, she and I conferenced on Discord, and she helped me. She made some... I gave her the rights to, you know, do so, to make some changes, and she helped put some spit and polish on this site that we couldn't be more proud of. And she showed me and taught oh me some God, things. so good. She showed me and taught me some things, too, and I learned some things about CSS and HTML coding, and it's not easy. People don't realize how much work goes into a website. They don't think about it, and it's not just, okay, that's done, and move on. It's never done. You find the look you want to go with, and then there it is. But we're really proud of... I'm really proud that I have wonderful friends like Genocide and McKay. I'm really proud that I have wonderful friends that have helped contribute to our show uh, for Greg and me. Uh, one of the, one of our big, one of our big helps uh, when it comes to the audio is um, Balthasar, also known as Cody. I love Cody uh, so, so much. He has been teaching <laughs> me uh, audio and he's turned me on to some things. 
So I'm hoping now with things, the tools that he has given me, uh, the knowledge of that this is going to be our best sounding episode yet when it comes to the audio, finalized audio. So, Which delights the hell out of me because honestly, as I've stated before, this podcast was just a, an idea like, and I think a lot of ideas should start this way as, as a thing for fun. Yeah. I wanted to talk with a friend who I felt like I could have conversations with about shows that I was watching. And um, I felt like a podcast was a good way to do that. Also kind of get out of our comfort zone with what we like to watch and maybe don't like to watch, like Devil May Cry Baby. Oh. And, uh, Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Package show and up the yet? Fact that <laughs> the fact that it's evolved to this point, the fact that we have a lot of you enjoying the show, when I go to the YouTube channel and I see over 50 people listening to it, um, and then also like the numbers that Josh has shared with me on the other platforms, I'm extremely excited for the future of this podcast. And I couldn't thank you guys, I couldn't thank the listeners, I couldn't thank the folks that have been helping us enough. I can't thank you guys enough. There, and there's no other way of... of gratitude to give you other than saying thanks right here uh because for a guy who's been struggling to make things that projects he's done successful and failing time and time and time again and to finally feel like this might be the first successful one it it makes me well up sometimes so again guys thank you so 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 much yeah um it, it's but uh, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. I'm I'm having the time of my life doing this. I've learned a lot of new skills doing this in a very short time, in less than two months' time. Look at what I've learned on my end. I've learned how to record and edit and create a video slideshow doing video editing website building of learning css coding uh you know doing the marketing and everything this is all the shit i've learned in the past well since new year's you know here it is it's the last day of february as we record this and i'm having the time of my life and dude i just want to thank you for doing this thank anthony for giving us our start you know thank genocide for the art mckay for the website assistance cody for the audio tips i love all those guys and I love you, man. You know, asking me to be a part of all this is just having love fest 2018 uh, right up in here. Slide up in. It definitely feels very serendipitous. So, and I'm go ahead and slide up. Extremely in. happy about all of it. Go ahead and slide uh, up. But we should probably end the podcast because I think Come it's. On. I, th- <laughs> I, think it, I think we've recorded about an hour now, so let's go ahead and wrap it up, Josh. <laughs> Um, uh, guys, uh, you can follow me at, uh, at Chub Rock Geek, um, on Twitter. That's where I will post most of my stuff. You can, uh, follow my Twitch channel at Chub Rock Geek. Uh, that's, uh, twitch.tv slash Chub Rock Geek. I stream there occasionally. Uh, that's up to your own discretion. I also have two different podcasts, uh, two different things I do on Mission Start, uh, P, which is twitch.tv slash Mission Start P. One is a Sunday uh, video game podcast, video game news podcast, and then Thursday is a Let's Play show with Anthony himself. If that's something you're interested in, definitely come check that out. Uh, Josh, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and give your link dumps? Oh, my link dumps? All right. Uh, well, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, at nsabanur1976, E-N-S-A-B-A-H-N-U-R-1976. Uh, I don't tweet out a whole lot, but when I do tweet, you know, it's usually something amusing or worthwhile. Uh, However, uh, I do have a Twitch channel. I think that still exists. I have streamed one time this year, Uh, but that's at uh, (laughs) twitch.tv slash nsabanur76. Same spelling. But give me a follow on those, and, you know, maybe we'll have to do some Jackbox gaming one night soon. Absolutely, I'd, I'd actually like to be a part of that if we can plan that out properly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, guys, that's gonna do it for us. Um, it was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we got to talk about the tick. Oh that, yeah, that was very. I, I, I heard that they were doing a. The second half was coming out. Like my my Twitter account was like 
constantly like tick new tick and i was like we're talking about it josh hell yeah um and i know josh i know josh is very excited about talking about voltron because i mean i'm um, always excited to talk about voltron (laughs) uh but guys thank you again for being here and we will see you next time take care everybody